How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of... The Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. Yes, sir. Tuesday, February 13, 2024. Welcome in to the Gabe Coon Show. I am your host, Former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman Gabe Kuhn on X at G underscore Kuhn 71. I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Kuhn Show. That would be Connor Dunning on X at C Dunning 99. Connor, how's it going, man? What's up? Yeah, we're all we're all over the Super Bowl hangover. We're all we're all moving forward. Tuesday. I have had a couple cups of coffee today. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's always Still catching it's up on the sleep. The older you get, it's the second day. It's not the day right after. It's the second day that gets you. I'll say this. I feel better. <laughs> I, for one, <laughs> feel better after uh, compared to how I felt yesterday. But I hope everybody is in that same boat. We have three hours to talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly. And we have some NBA to talk about in this first segment. Um, uh, you know, Grizzlies, not so fun to watch right now. I'm going to be completely honest with you. There was a moment there when you were waiting for Vince Williams Jr.'s contract, Gigi Jackson's contract, where you're, you're just sort of waiting, watching hoping they're going to convert those two-way deals. I don't know how much we have to look forward to right this second. They did lose the Pelicans last night, 96-87. to 87. They've lost nine straight. And I think, Connor, if we're betting yes or no on if they're going to be uh, down 11 straight by the time we get to the All-Star break, are you betting yes? I think I'm betting yes. Who they got left? They have Rockets at home, then Bucks. Yeah, I think it's leaning. I'll, it's I leaning that know, way. But it's, it's at the end of the winnable. day, they are winnable. They are winnable. Yes, but, but it's leaning end, that way. Connor, in the end of the day, I don't really care. I mean, I just don't listen. I'm watching. I I keep going to Tankathon. I'm just saying. I'm not. <laughs> right, I want to make it very right. clear. I am not saying the Grizzlies are tanking. I do not believe that is what they are doing. They are going out there. They are playing their asses off. They, they give just, effort. They just don't have the guys <laughs> right now. They just don't have. Yeah, they're absolutely. You're relying effort. on Lamar Stevens listen, now and Udawatanabe in their first game. That's listen, what happened. Every loss gets us closer to a guy like Sar. So you know, I'm not that upset. Yeah. 
Have you? How much have you dug into uh, prospects that you really want to? I have. I am not the best draft guy no, or analyzer. Am I, but, but I look. I have Parker Fleming. If you're not subscribed to Subsack Elitus, you should be because he is. He's already doing it. He's beginning to yeah. break down the the targets for the Grizzlies and who they could go after. What's realistic? Whether they should, you know, keep the pick or possibly try to move it. I think right now. The theory that I that I uh, subscribe to is that if you get a top five pick, you see what you can do with that. If you're outside the top five, you dangle that in front of another team to go get your center. So I'm, you know, I think both options make a lot of sense. But highly recommend Parker's Substack. He's breaking it down. Just recently, he sent out a prospects list that is a. Uh, if you are a Grizz fan, it is extremely educational and a good guide for the rest of the it's season. The old early February prospects list. That's this never good. This is where we are. This is where we are. It's never great. But Vince, yeah, but Vince. But Vince, let's open right there. We have something to actually root for heading into the All-Star break. The Grizzlies may be down 11 straight games. They may be, by the time we get into the All-Star break, 18-38. and 38. But that's just how the season's going right this second. Vince Williams Jr., though, he's been a breath of fresh air. And it continues to go that direction. Dyson Daniels who is a young player for the Pelicans, really good defensive player. He tore his meniscus in his left knee. Uh, Recently, he's going to have to get surgery, Um, likely will be out for most of the rest of the year. He was supposed to be in the Rising Stars game this Friday at 8 p.m. So Dyson Daniels is out. Adam Silver had to go find somebody else. Who does he find? Vince Williams Jr. You got to love it, man. You got to love it. Let's go. I, because this was this was the first time since 2016 there was going to be nobody from the Grizzlies really involved in the All Star game itself. There was nobody. I mean, nobody. I mean, even in the skills showcase, three point. There's nobody involved from the Grizzlies at this particular moment. We have some injuries. Jaron Jackson Jr. didn't get the nod because the team's very bad at this point. You needed somebody that you could watch if you're a Grizzlies fan that you could latch on to. I think this is this is one of them. On Friday, you could see Vince Williams Jr. against some of the uh, the up and comers in this league, and that's that's fun to me. And it's it's also another show of yeah, we can talk about things locally uh, that make us excited. Um, Gigi Jackson and Vince Williams Jr. have been at the top of that list, but it's clear the NBA, the national media, people are starting to understand that Vince Williams Jr. is a guy that's going to be here to stay and part of this rotation going forward, and potentially a starter going into next year. Yeah, I mean it's been pretty exciting as an early Vince Williams Jr. truther to see the national media kind of catch up to what we've been saying locally recently. And to be honest, and and to catch up to what the NBA players have been saying, um, Luka Doncic, we're going to talk about him a little bit later, J.J. Redick, but Luka Doncic went on his podcast and they ended up talking about Vince Williams Jr. On the Bill Simmons podcast, you're, you're, every single time the Grizzlies get brought up, somebody will be like, oh, Vince can absolutely hoop on, on the Ringer NBA podcast. Same thing. If there is an NBA podcast out there and the Grizzlies are mentioned, you are going to hear the names Jaron Jackson Jr. for sure because he is having a great season. And then you're going to hear Vince Williams Jr. And then they usually talk about Gigi. It's just, it is exciting that within this lost season, which it is, and at one point it felt really dire. It felt like it was going to be very difficult to get through this season because we didn't really have anything 
to look forward to. We were just like, oh, my God, this roster is a huge problem. The John Morant thing's going on. And then you had all the injuries piling up. And then all of a sudden, Vince showed up and Gigi Jackson showed up, and it gave Grizzlies fans something to look forward to. It gave them a light at the end of the tunnel. And weirdly enough, it kind of solved that wing position issue that the Grizzlies had early on in the season. And now they have consolidated a little bit. You see the pathway here. And the focus has now turned to the big five, yeah, which you didn't expect. It's it's, it's just kind of gone 180 from what you expected at the beginning of the year. Because at the beginning of the year, we were like, okay, Steven Adams is hurt right now, but the big man rotation is going to well, isn't it strange? We, we need a wing, and we, then all of a sudden Vince showed up. We talked about this, though, uh, earlier in the season when we when we learned about the Steven Adams injury and we saw what the first 25 games were going to be with, you know, Xavier Tillman and pick your big next to Jaron Jackson Jr. The five was always the necessity. The wing seemingly, yeah, it was a necessity, but it was a necessity to get you over top, to get you to that championship contention window. Now, they still need to find a five. There's no question about it. I know they probably have a short list that they're looking at. Maybe they'll approach it during the draft. Maybe they'll trade that draft pick to go find a guy. Uh, we don't know at this point, but we're, we're in a spot where, okay, the five's a pure necessity, and you have seemingly a couple of wings that you feel good about going forward in Gigi Jackson Jr. and Vince Williams Jr. But Vince, man, uh, you just you, you cannot – you cannot discount what he's done. And what what in recent games, I know they've been losing and people have been tuned out a tad bit. Now, uh, you say that it's made the lost season a little bit brighter. Yeah, it has. I think that brightness is going to, the sparkle is going to go away down the stretch once we get after the All-Star break. It's just not much to watch anymore. Well, but that's, that's where that's it becomes full-on like, draft watch time. Yes, like, that, that's, that's what it is. It's like, okay, who can we catch behind us? Because right. right now in the standings, when you look at where the Grizzlies are at, I mean, there's a realistic possibility with the way things are trending. They've lost nine straight. They could catch the Trailblazers behind them, who are at 15 wins. Um, I, I, you know, Trailblazers. Um, are 15 and 37, Grizzlies 18 and 36. So they played one less game, and you know, you never know what's going to happen there. So they could catch them, and they could get a better lottery pick as the season goes along. Um, but I, I, I don't think the back half of the season is going to be over. I, no one's going to be overly enthused about no, watching this. I team. think they'll win a few more when Bain and Smart come back. It's also going to be but interesting, then, though, to see how, how they use exactly. them. Exactly. Like, do you want it? Do you, those guys are coming off pretty, I mean, sizable injuries, right. we could say, in the in the midst of the season, you don't want to just throw them out for 30 minutes a game when they come back. I, I, I would imagine minutes restrictions for the rest of the year, but, I mean, that's fine. That's completely okay with me. I have no issues with that. Yeah, I, it's they are showing effort every single night when they go out there. They aren't tanking to tank. When There are graphs all over the NBA right now, all over Twitter, where you can go and you can look and see that the Grizzlies are – so historically injured this year, yes. it is actually insane. It's, it almost boggles the mind to think about how many injuries and how many minutes and how much money has missed time for the Grizzlies this year out there on the court. So it's just this is in it, just what happened. And hopefully what we look back on this season on is a dip, but a necessary dip, dip weirdly enough, because you were able to identify guys like Vince Williams Jr. and Gigi Jackson. And who knows, maybe like Scottie Pippen Jr. might be He's nearing that conversation of somebody that they may have identified that could be around. Well, I and think, here's the thing about Scotty: Scotty's on a two two year two way. Yeah, so you don't have to make a decision. He's on playing that. really. He, I like he's playing he, very he's well. Playing really well, and, man, he, and so. in starting minutes, in right. long extended minutes, right. he's Playing very but well. But the hope is, is that we look back on this season and say that season taught 
the front office and the team who they needed to go get, where the weak spots truly were on the team, and which additions they needed, and they made those fixes, and it turned them into a true contender moving forward. Now, to your point that you've been saying the last two weeks or so is that, okay, you've done you've done the easy work. You consolidated, yes. you went and you got the assets. All of that's great, but you did have a risk that giving up Steven Adams is a risk, even yes. though the Rockets may be using him as a backup center. Either way, it's a risk not having him out there. So... If you can go and land the plane of finding that center and making this team a true contender, we can look back on this season as as a weird positive note, even though the record's going to be dreadful. All right, now I'm gonna I'm gonna be insufferable about Vince Williams Jr. because it's what I do and it's what me and you do on the show. I mean, it's just it's, what we have to do. I wake up every day <laughs> yes. doing that. That's my goal. You, you drink the Kool Aid. You drink the Vince Williams. Jr. I've been yelling Kool-Aid. the agenda. Um, one thing that just blows me away about this guy is, yeah. Um, He's added the offense back. You see what he can do when he gets, you know, more opportunities on the offensive end. He's knocking down the three ball at nearly a 40% clip. Um, he can get off the bounce a little bit. But he keeps adding things to his bag. We knew about the defense. We knew about the offense. Now he's now he is actually creating for other people. He missed that game at Boston on that Sunday. And since then, in the last four games, he's had 30 assists combined in those four games. He had nine last night, eight in the two previous games before that against Charlotte and Chicago, and then against New York, he had the five assists. And his turnovers numbers, uh, the most he's had is four. He had four last night, nine assists to four turnovers. You take that, there's some give and take to that. But now we're seeing him unlock his bag in regards to getting others involved, the facilitating Vince Williams Jr. It, there's, just, there's been no stop of him adding to his value. And that contract, three years, $7.9 million, if you continue to see these things night to night, my gosh, it's just an unbelievable steal. It's time for any doubters out there or any people that are still maybe waiting to see on him. The sample size it's is sample. We've got 42 games now of him doing this. And I will say in his last 10, he is giving you exactly what you want from a starter-level wing in the NBA. Right now, in his last 10, he's given you 15 points. One and a half stocks a game, five rebounds, five assists, 36% shooting from three. That's exactly what you want from a starting wing in the NBA and plus defense. Yes. There just comes a point where you have to, you know, get get off of the the, the doubting train and just hop onto the one that says Vince Williams Jr. full steam ahead. Let's go. Um, Because every single night he shows you something different. He shows you something that you didn't think he had, but he clearly has. He's 23 years old. There's plenty to unlock. He's going to be in the Rising Stars game. The rest of the NBA is catching on. You have Luka Doncic. Um, you have a lot of these guys that he's been able to cover throughout this year, um, basically giving him his props for what he has become. I mean, Draymond has talked about it. It's, it's there. It's there. There's, there's, I, I am, I, there's no doubting at this point, in my opinion. I, maybe you can doubt going into next year if he'll ever be a starter with Marcus Smart back into the lineup, but... At the same time, like there's definitely going to be that conversation at some point if Marcus Smart has his issues and struggles in that role. Vince Williams Jr. is a perfect string to pull. Throw him in that starting lineup, see what you have. Right. But there's been a lot of people holding out on Vince Williams Jr., but it's, it's just becoming increasingly clear every single night. You don't want him off the floor. If you're still watching the Grizzlies at this point, you want him on the floor. Absolutely. Good because he's happen. one of the exciting points of this season. He's one of the guys you want to watch every time you tune into Bally Sports Southeast and watch the guys. That is what is, he has become this year. Now, that, could, that is also a, a very clear indication of where we're at in the season with no John Moran, no Marcus Martin, no Desmond Bain. But that, that, that's, a, that's a point I'll latch on to. 
because every single night he shows you something different. He shows you something that, that could lend itself to being a great piece of this rotation, if not a starter going to next year. Yeah, it's um, this has been a really tough season for Grizz fans and, and the Grizzlies in general, but I really do think that the rise of Vince Williams Jr., the evolution of Jaron Jackson Jr., who is starting to become an un- unstoppable force on the offensive end, and his defense continues to improve, those have been really exciting to watch if you're a Grizzlies fan because that is going to pay off in the long run. Like, finding that is going to pay off. Gigi Jackson is going to pay off in the long run. I know that this season stinks. It, it stinks night to night to go out there and not have a Grizzlies team that you expect to win because for many years from G&G and then, you know, the last few seasons of Ja and Jaron and Bain, every single time you turn on the TV – or you know, flip on 929 to listen to Eric, you expect to hear a Grizzlies win. And it just has not gone that way this year. But it's going to be, I feel in my bones, man, it's going to be a momentary dip. And next season, this team is going to come back reloaded. And the only thing that could stop them is knock on all the wood around you. Yeah, if you're driving, injuries. please, you know, pull over and go find a tree to knock on is injuries. Injuries are going to be the only thing that can slow this team, well, team and, down next and, year. And, and it depends on what they do with this next step, who they who they bring in as a big sure, yeah, that's very that true. type of thing. Yep. But I, I, I agree with your sentiment because I think that they're going to address that. Hot um, take. They'll have more than 18 wins by ne- <laughs> at but, next but, year's but, All-Star break. But yes, but injuries, injuries are the one thing that can derail a season. We've seen that. We've seen that very clearly this year. Um, now, uh, Moving on, Gigi Jackson. What are, what are, I mean, I know that he missed because of a a violation of team rules, but he's also had four fines. He mentioned after that twenty seven point game he had a couple of games ago. I I'm not going to be concerned about it. I'm not going to give a hot take about this, but I think that's something we just need to continue to monitor. Like I sort of said yesterday. Yeah, I think Jaron kind of nailed it when he was asked about it, where he said. You know, I've talked to Gigi and and told him that right. I believe you're going to be one of the best players. So it's time to start acting, acting like, like, it. like it. Yeah, they just got to hold him accountable. He's a 19 year old. It sounds like there was a it was four 19 year old mistakes. You and I have heard rumors about what <laughs> it could be, but you know, I'm not. I don't. I'm not. Feel I'm not going to say out there. anything. But I'm just saying it sounds like they were very minor, and he just needed a little slap on now, the back wrist. Back in the day, I, I heard something about I heard something about um, vape on a team playing during the draft process on a team plane during the draft process when he was with South Carolina. So I don't know if that has something to do with Who it. Knows? But again, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and speculate. I've heard rumors, but I don't think they're worth it. It sounds like there. it's nothing to be overly concerned right. about. Right. Yes. I think that's fair. That's fair. Can't now, wait to see him play again. Know what is concerning in uh, the Western Conference? Oh my God. Victor yeah. Wimbenyama <laughs> and the Spurs last night for those that did not pay attention to the league pass and what Victor Wimbenyama did to the Raptors last holy night, crap. holy mother of God. 122-99 win, the Spurs got over the Raptors. Victor Wimbenyama, here are the stats. He had a triple-double. 27 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists. You're asking, okay, that's a double-double. Where's the triple-double? He had 10 blocks. He had 10 blocks! 27 points, 14 rebounds, 10 blocks, and that was his triple-double last night. He was also 10 for 14 from the field, 2 for 4 from 3, and he's still on a minutes restriction. 28 minutes is what all he needed to put all that out there. And it's just, I am becoming more privy to the idea, and I think people have to get used to this idea. They're going to have another high draft pick this year because they stink. And going into the future, 
this just seems like a guy who's going to win a championship in a Spurs uniform. Like, that's the idea I'm trying to get used to. I know they only have 11 wins this year, but this guy literally transcends the game in every single way when you watch him every single night. He's probably going to win the rookie of the year. And here's, here's the stats that, that just blow me away. Rookie LeBron James versus rookie Victor Wimbanyama on a per 36 basis. And you have to go per 36 because Victor Wimbanyama is being held under 36 every single night, uh, 36 minutes. LeBron James per 36, 19.1 points per game. Victor Wimbanyama, 25.8 points per game. LeBron James per 36, 5 rebounds per game. Victor Wimbanyama, 12.7 rebounds per game. LeBron, 5.4 assists per game, 4 assists per game for Victor Wimbanyama. 2.2 stocks for rookie LeBron James. 5.5 stocks per 36 for Victor Wimbanyama. The shooting splits aren't even close. Victor Wimbanyama, 53% from the field, 32% from three, 81% from the free throw line. LeBron James in his rookie year, 41.7%, 29% from three, and 75% from the free throw line. And then the true shooting percentage, 48.8%. True shooting percentage for LeBron per 36 in his rookie year, 56.4% true shooting percentage. You're just going to have to get used to the idea of Victor Wembanyama being the best player in the world at some point. It's Barring injury, that goes without saying. But this guy, it's just, it's unbelievable when you watch this guy. The height, the ability, the amount of, of... uh, moves he has in his bag offensively, his defensive impact. It's just everything that you want a basketball player to do, he does well. He does exceptionally. It's so annoying that the Spurs have another one. It's just it's just incredibly annoying that he is <laughs> that he is in San Antonio. The good news is is that their roster's terrible right now. And how powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini. Megan Trainer, Elle King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elle King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Even though they do have a high draft pick this year, they are still a few years away, I right. think, from being like really scary in the Western Conference. But Victor Wimbanyama, we also don't know what it's going to look like once he's off of a minutes restriction. Because to your point, he is doing all of this this season while being held under thirty minutes, twenty eight minutes consistently, twenty eight consistently being held under thirty minutes a game. I am also glad though that we stop half that we're no longer having to pretend like Chet is the. Rookie of the Year. I understand he's he's on a winning team and they are awesome and he's a huge part of that team. But when you watch Victor Wimbanyama, it is you are watching the type of player who can be the player of his generation. He is on the track right now to be something that the NBA has never seen. He is just for him to be able to do all of this at the height that he is, 
It should not be possible. He has already surpassed one of Rudy Gobert's defensive player of the win seasons in his rookie year before the All-Star break. Yes. Yes. When in Rudy Gobert, year, was it 2018 when yeah, Rudy 2018. won? Yeah. He's already surpassed blocks and steals for that year. For On Rudy a minutes Gobert. restriction and before the All-Star break. It, it is unheard it, of it, what he's it's, doing. It's strange. Like, <laughs> if, if they get Sar, we're all screwed. <laughs> if they get the, if they if, you, up, if they put another tree next to him, we're screwed. If you took away, which you what you can't because he's just so exceptional on both ends of the floor. If you took away his offense or defense, he's still a plus player, an unbelievable player in this NBA. If you took away the twenty, uh, you know, twenty points per game he scored all year, his defensive impact would be defensive player of the year worthy. If you took away his defensive, he'd still be an MVP candidate because of what he does on the offensive end. It's just it's it's unfair. It's unfair. Now, again, with a guy that tall, on a minutes restriction, we'll see how his body holds up over the long haul, but he's still 19 years old. He's, he's very, very young. Um, barring injury, this guy is going to change the way we look at basketball. I'm sorry. And I, I know there's some people that are going to hold out on that. But what I saw last night, 27 points. Again, 27 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists, 10 blocks, 2 steals, 10 for 14 from the field, 2 for 4 from 3 in 28 freaking minutes and a – Twenty some odd point, a twenty three point win for a bad Spurs team, and he was a plus twenty in the plus minus. He was second on his team. His special performances are becoming more and more frequent. He yes. still has games, of course, where he scores under twenty and he looks like a rookie. The defenses can still confuse him every once in a while. He is getting away with a lot of things on the defensive end just because he is the height that he is. I mean, which is absolutely insane. He's 7'4", but he is still 2'10". He gets pushed around just a little bit. Now, in the Spurs offense, let's be honest about it, they don't have a true point guard. When Trey Jones is playing with them, he usually plays his best, but Sochan's just not really getting it done, and they've got to figure out how to properly use him. That's why it's going to be really interesting to see what the Spurs do this upcoming offseason. They're going to have a high draft pick. They have cap room. They have a few really young talented players on that team, but a guy like Keldon Johnson, is he going to match their timeline, or is he somebody that they can use to bring in maybe a true point guard for this team and really get something cooking? What's scary about the Spurs right now is they are just like one or two moves away from being not a contender, but somebody that can just mess with you in the West enough to where it can knock you out of where you want to be. And that's where, you know, when we talk about the Grizzlies, why it is so important for them to capitalize this offseason right. and make sure that they get that center that is a good fit next to Jaron Jackson Jr. to make this team a true contender is because while you're in your quote-unquote championship window, which I do believe the window is still open for the Grizzlies. I don't understand the conversations about it shutting and stuff like that. It feels like it's we're really just getting to where they have a true chance to be a true contender once but again you got to make that one more move but you got teams getting ready if you fall you got teams right behind you look at the thunder this year a couple teams fell boom thunder are right there ready to go timberwolves boom right there ready to go you cannot take it for granted you can't take it for granted you've got to go capitalize this offseason is so 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 important for the memphis grizzlies so important (laughs) no one else no one else blows me away about the victor women yama experience thus far is the spotlight is not even being put on him by his coach yet. He's tried to avoid that. Greg Popovich has done everything he can to not make him the focal point of everything, and yet he still is going to be the focal point of everything, even playing under 30 minutes, even not being – I mean, they, they draw up things for Jeremy Sohan just as much as they draw up things I do not for, like for, for uh, Victor Wimbanyama. They draw up things for Devin Vassell just as much as they draw up things for Victor Wimbanyama. Now, you could say that that's dumb, 
but there has been a very clear point by Greg Popovich in that front office with the Spurs to keep the spotlight off of Victor Wembanyama, but he's just too bright of a player. They're also tanking. Yeah, they're, <laughs> I get that. But, like, it's just, I mean, to have that type of stat line in 28 minutes when your coach is almost actively trying to make sure you're not getting as many touches as you should going in. Like, he's going into, as we get two, three years into his career, he's going to be touching the ball every time down the floor. It's That's just, not how it is right now. And then on top of it, it's like, oh, yeah, Pop's your head coach and, and all that. Who are your mentors? Oh, David Robinson and Tim Duncan? Great. Right. Awesome. Yes. Cool, cool, yeah, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yes. it's like sick. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. But um, we need to go ahead and grab a break because Super Bowl 58 was fun. It was 25-22. Chiefs get over top for their, their repeat. Um, it was obviously an overtime. But uh, the ratings came through, Connor. The ratings came through. And uh, let's just say they are phenomenal. They're phenomenal. I know everybody expects them to be phenomenal, but they are even more phenomenal than you think. So we'll talk about that next. 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back in on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Now, real quick, do have to mention we have a couple of guests on the show today. Coming up at 5 o'clock after this segment, it will be Jeff Calkins per normal from the day we mentioned the Jeff Calkins show. And then to start the 6 o'clock hour per normal, as is customary, every single Tuesday, Christian Fowler from Bluff City Media and a podcast with me called On the Bluff. He will join. Talk some Tigers, Super Bowl, whole nine yards. Now, Super Bowl 58, the numbers are back as far as viewership, Nielsen ratings, the whole thing. It was the most watched Super Bowl in history. That's not surprising. It's not surprising in the slightest. You had the Taylor Swift influence. You have Chiefs trying to go back-to-back. 49ers are a well-respected team around the United States of America with a big fan base. But 123.4 million was the average for people watching this game at one point. 202.4 million, though, was the peak. That was the peak. If you're wondering about 202.4 million... And how much of of that sort of represents the United States population? That is roughly 61% of the U.S. population that watched this game. It is the second highest viewership of any program in United States history behind the Apollo 11 moon landing, which they estimate to be about 650 million people watching that particular particular broadcast. It's unbelievable. they just continue to win every single year. Um, and I do think the NFL won. We talked about the Taylor Swift tie-in, uh, all the celebrity uh, tie-ins they had this year. It was just a perfect recipe for this year to be the most watched Super Bowl in the history. Again, 123.4 million average. Now, also, um, CBS led the way with 120 million viewers. That's the largest audience in history for a single network. It was the most streamed Super Bowl in history. Um, it, was, it was, you know, Paramount Plus had it on streaming. It was the most streamed Super Bowl that we have seen. Um, but it's, it's nuts. Up 10% from last year's Super Bowl, and there are a lot of reasons that is the case. Yeah, I mean, there have been a ton of videos out there I've seen of, of dads posting how they were watching the Super Bowl by themselves last year, and then this year all their daughters were around watching the game as well. So, yeah, that definitely had an impact on it. But, man, I expected huge numbers for this year's Super Bowl, but that is that's massive. Second, that's, second behind the Apollo <laughs> 11 moon landing? That is absolutely insane. And then, you know, like, 
for instance, the Super Bowl party I went to, there was only one TV that was actually showing the game, but there were probably 30 people there. You know, yep. it's like I wonder how many true people were actually watching the Super Bowl. Um, I will say one thing that I have been feeling with the Super Bowl ratings and just everybody watching the same thing on the same night, I miss it, man. I really do miss kind of the entire population, like watching one TV show. and The shared experience the part shared, of it. Yeah, the shared experience it, of it. It feels it like is, the Super Bowl really is sort of our only real yeah, shared experience like after anymore. Game of Thrones died and Succession went away. Well, like, it, used to be, it used to be where, like, all the award shows, the Grammys, yeah. the Emmy, all these different things, you know, Golden Globes, those used to be shared experiences. I mean, experiences. the Oscars those only are gets, away. like, 9.4 million those, right those are, those are even away. that. This is, this is the last real share. It's, it's a shame. It's a shame, but everybody has their own interests, right? But this is the last real shared experience we have as a country, and I, it's kind of a shame. It is a shame. I guess March Madness, too, a little bit, but there were so many different games so many different going games, on. Yeah. yeah, I guess, like, it's just really sports, I think, are one of the very few things that, that still do that, that bring everybody together to watch the same thing. I don't know. I just, I definitely miss it because it was fun being on social media, for instance, during the halftime show. And you knew that every single person was talking about that and every single tweet or post that you saw was referencing it. It was just, it was fun to feel connected to everybody, at least for that night. So I'm not, I'm not shocked that the numbers are that big because it absolutely felt like that, like it in the moment. Yes. A hundred percent. And the game was awesome, which is great. Now onto the gambling. Onto the gambling oh, portion of this. Per the Nevada Gaming Control Board, Nevada Sportsbook broke the state record for Super Bowl wagering. $185.6 million were bet on this game. It passed the mark of $179.8 million set in 2022 with the, the you know, uh, sports betting books on your phone with everything out there. It's just become so much more easy to uh, go place these bets, and you're, you're just going to see these numbers tick up every single year. Honestly, there's, I thought it'd be more. There's there's nothing to stop it. Now, I think they had a, a low as far as uh, how much they won. It was like a 3.7% of of the $185.6 million bet is what they won, 3.7%. I, I haven't done the math on that, um, but that's one of the lowest totals they've had um, in the history of the Nevada Gaming Control Board You know, following all these numbers. So... I mean, that's you did have some things out there like the I think there was a a fair amount of people, um, you know, sharps that were all over the 49ers. They probably won a lot on that. But I think a fair amount, uh, I think 71 percent of the spread bets were on the Chiefs in the state of Nevada. So that probably was the biggest the biggest issue with their with their low winning total. But I'm fine. If if you can get over on the books a little bit more than you than you than you normally do, I'm, I'm full. I'm Full speed ahead with that. I'm fine yeah. with that. Yeah, power to the people, man. Yeah, they, people. yeah. That doesn't shock me at all, though. It's, it's. I thought that that number would be more. Having the game in Vegas, I thought that number was going to eclipse 200 million at least. So I was a little surprised to hear that it was only. What did you say? 185. 185.6. Past the mark of 179.8 that was set in 2022. It'll keep going up though. We'll get to 200 here before long. Oh yeah. Um, but that's just the state of Nevada. I don't have a full. US. Oh, that's just Nevada. Yeah, that's just. Nevada. Oh, that's where. Okay, I thought that was. I thought that was the entire country. I yeah. was like, "There's no way that it's just 185 million." Yes, no, no, okay, absolutely state of Nevada, not. That makes a lot. We're more we're sense. in the we're in the several billions. Yes, that's uh, why I was United like, States that's wide. It? I was like, "Damn!" I thought it was a lot more than that. Yes, but it was in the city of Las Vegas. Because everybody, so I figured, I figured the Nevada now. Gaming Control Board and the state of Nevada when it was in Las Vegas. I figured that was a a good one to bring up. Um, now, elsewhere in the, in, the, in the realm of big numbers, ESPN and the college football playoff came to an agreement today, and it, this, it, it's an extension for the TV media rights, 
Um, it, it's pending based on the college football playoff resolving all of its outstanding issues. Um, you know, what, what they're going to do going forward, how they're going to make the 12 team playoff happen, and all of that. But six years, $7.8 billion is the agreement that was agreed upon by ESPN and the college football playoff. Um, so, six more years uh, going into the future, ESPN will broadcast college football playoff. That's where it needs to be. That's where this all hatched from. Um, and going to 12 teams, I sort of wonder how this, this affects our, our watching of it. I wonder how it affects the, the viewership. Um, we'll have on-campus um, games here before long. It's going to be interesting to watch going forward. But $7.8 billion over six years. Yeah, I That'll mean, do. With, with the ratings discussion that we just had and about how massive sporting events feel like one of the very few things that everybody's watching at the exact same time, that $7.8 billion you know, price may seem like a lot, but long-term, it's absolutely going to be worth it. And I do agree. I think it needs to stay with ESPN. It's, I'm happy that it's staying there because I do think they do a pretty good job with it. And I'm excited to see the impact that the expanded playoff has on the regular season of college football because it just feels like that we are going to be watching games at the end of the season with more intensity than you would even yeah. if your team may have one loss because they still could be in the running. It's just it's going to make the entire season, I think, much more exciting and, because even if it's a game like you know Alabama and Texas that you get week one, it's not necessarily going to knock out a team for the college football playoff long term. I know that ended up not being what happened, but you see my point. Is we've seen a lot of years where somebody gets knocked out of the entire discussion because of a week one loss, and it's going to be nice that that's not necessarily going to be the case moving forward every year. And we continue to we'll go down this game. path. We continue to go down the path um, of the college football playoff and ESPN and the TV power brokers having way more power over the NCAA than the NCAA has over college football. Oh yeah, that's that's what it is. For all the money. That's that's where it's at. And again, like I know we've had the Big Ten and SEC conversation where they're in an alliance of some sort and they're trying to figure out the best way forward for college football and college athletics as a whole. And there's the thought process of a potential breakoff. Um, we know that, you know, Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti, the, the respective commissioners of the SEC and the Big Ten, don't necessarily want to be at the top of the food chain in that regard because they probably don't want to take the live bullets. But I think that's going to come before long because the power they have in those conferences in college football, the college football playoff, the TV partners, it's just it's going to make the NCAA look smaller and smaller and smaller the, as the years go on. Yeah, they want to be the quote-unquote hand of the king. They want to be the person whispering in the ear and, and giving the advice to them. But ultimately, I think all of the advice that they may give for their advisory board is probably going to, to lean away to where it is beneficial for the SEC and the Big Ten. You know what I mean? So I, it's, I don't think it's a bad plan at all. I don't necessarily buy them saying that their intent isn't to get rid of the NCAA eventually. I think that right now, though, they do want to be that – that whisper in the ear of the NCAA saying, hey, you know, you can make this change, you can do this, this, and that. But ultimately, it's going to be beneficial for their conferences. Now, of the outstanding issues that have to be resolved heading into the new age of the college football playoff that will make this agreement be official, um, I think it has to do with the Pac-12. 5-7, whatever you're going to do as far as your 12-team playoff is concerned. And also, what are you going to do with the pac 12s turning to dust? Today, um, it looks like John Wilner of the Wilner Hotline, who covers the, the Pac-12 very closely, um, he says the Pac-12 is starting the process of separating from their commissioner, George Klyavkov. Um, now we know what the Pac-12 is at this moment. It's just Oregon State and Washington State. It's a Pac-2. Um, now there is a report out there from Brett McMurphy saying that the other 10 teams that have left 
depending on how this all works out, if they're not in the playoff, the college football playoff, they will still have to participate in some of the Pac-12 Bowls going at least for the next two years. And the Pac-12 Bowls, of course, are the Alamo Bowl, the Las Vegas Bowl, Holiday Bowl, Sun Bowl, L.A. Bowl, and the Independence Bowl. Those are the Pac-12 tie-ins. So if those teams that have left, you know, the Oregons, the UCLAs, the USCs of the world, if they don't make it into the the, uh, college football playoff for the next two years, they could be in one of those bowls because they have to fill those up and they have outstanding contracts that they're going to have to deal with. Now, back to George Klyavkov. I can't even begin to... I, I explain how bad he screwed this up, how bad he screwed this up. There were offers on the table he could have taken that maybe would have uh, kept a, a few more teams around instead of them sort of settling to get into the Big Ten or the SC or the the um, you know Big Twelve respectively. But he, after two years, is completely going to be ridded of any power in college football. And it's really a fault of his own. He wanted to listen to the chancellors, the commissioner, you know, the, the presidents, the athletic directors about who to bring into the conference, who not to bring into the conference when the Big 12 was unsteady. They decided not to take any of them because of they, they thought they had this academic, this, this upstanding academic reputation that they didn't want to ruin. But in the end of the day, you have to chase the money. If you want to stay alive, you have to chase the money. George Klyavkov Learned that the hard way here. And you figured being a exec at, at, at multiple different places, the MGM resorts, everything like that, you figured he would chase the money. He was supposed to be a, a breath of fresh air. Um, you know, coming out of the Larry Scott days of the Pac-12, he was not that. And he's done. He's going to be done here soon. It's one of the, the biggest fumbles I think we've ever seen in the history of the sport, especially with, you know, what makes it even worse is that you could argue the Pac-12 has had, had their best year in a decade last yeah. season, yep. and now they're just, like you said, turned to dust. It's like a Thanos snap, and all of a sudden they're all gone. It is extremely unfortunate, and I think the most unfortunate part of it is something that you mentioned. It's not like it suddenly happened. No. This was mistake after mistake after mistake leading to the death of the Pac-12, And while it was going on, everybody was screaming at him, hey, man, you're making a mistake. It's not going to work out the way you think it is. And then when he offered that TV deal to the Pac-12 and they were like, are you serious? This is what you turned down those others to do? This is the deal that you brought to us after you said, trust me, I'm going to get this done for you? And this is the best you could do? It's a spectacular failure. Spectacular. It's just, it's it's embarrassing. And listen, I think... We are a very greedy society in college football at large, and that's what drives these conversations. We're a very greedy society. We want money. We want the TV partners to be in there with us. Uh, we want school payouts at the highest they could possibly be. And I think there's something to be, you know, you should praise people in a certain way when they're trying to put greed to the side and uphold the sanctity and the, the history of their conference. But when George Klyavkov saw that these things were spiraling out of control, he didn't realize the mistake he had made, and he didn't write his mistakes in those moments. He didn't go and try and get other schools from the Big 12 when they were destabilized to try to lift up his conference um, because of some long-held tradition of academic standards. 
And that was ultimately the death punch. We look at, you know, three years. This will be his third academic year as the commissioner of the Pac-12. He got a five-year deal when Larry Scott was out and he came in. He's not going to live through the five-year deal. Neither is the Pac-12. Yes, yes. And I want to still, Oregon State and Washington State, we're still trying to figure out what's going to happen with them. So do you think his biggest mistake was his biggest not mi- poaching the other not teams? Poaching. Yeah, you have to. You have to. If you want to stay alive and you want to keep your history alive, your history may have to change. Your thought process may have to change. And he was not willing to do that. And, and, and to be fair, he was brand new. And I think there were chancellors and presidents and athletic directors that were in his ear the whole time and, and sort of, you know, keeping him from changing in this moment. Like that, that, that to me, I think that is the truth of the situation. But when you're George Klyavkov and you've been hired to keep the Pac-12 afloat, if you've been hired to keep the Pac-12 history rolling, 108-year history that's going to be turned into dust here soon, you have to make tough decisions regardless of who's in your ear at that moment. Your history does not have to be this academic, upstanding, you know, upstanding city. You don't have to keep this clean-cut, beautiful uh, sort of uh, uh, you know persona as as a conference going forward. If you want to stay alive, you have to try to change with the days. That's what the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, the ACC. That's what they've all done. They 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 recognize that going into the future, you have to add schools to strengthen your conference. You have to get to the strength of numbers conversation. And and the Pac-12, George Klyavkov completely fumbled and failed every step of the way here, and it's very frustrating. Um, but we're headed down the path quickly of a, a potential break off here soon, a new entity, and we'll see what that looks like here in probably the next five to ten years. Add another example to hubris being the downfall of something great. Yep, yep. It's it's a shame too. It's a shame too because you you could have extended your timeline. You could have extended. That's what your I mean. Life. It's we all saw it happening. Like it was it was like a slow motion car crash. It's not like it happened suddenly. For, you know, we've been doing this show for a year now. We were talking about it way before then. We were talking about it before I left for Rhodes. Right. It was being talked about on the station. That's what this happened, you know, over a long period of time. There were so many opportunities for him to avoid this. And it ended in the worst possible way, which is the Pac-12 turning to dust. None of us wanted that. None of, nobody. And his job turning into dust. He's yes. going to have to go back to MGM Resorts and see what he can, see if there's another CEO job well, open for him. He, the, the unfortunate reality of this entire situation, though, is he's going to be fine. Like, he went to the Pac-12, it completely dissolved under him, he made all these mistakes, and he's going to be fine. The view of him, though, going into the future, man, I, I don't know how... <sighs> he doesn't have a job in college athletics anymore, I'll tell no, you that he'll right get now. money somewhere, though, and he's yeah, already got he a will. boatload. That's, what, that's the unfortunate thing of it, is that his mistakes have eliminated... It costs everyone else, yes. not necessarily him. Right. That, that is, that's frustrating. That's frustrating. I'll give you that. Now, we'll, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about Tigers. We'll talk about uh, Super Bowl rating. We have plenty of things to talk about coming up next with Jeff Calkins. He will join the show right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theatre in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheatre.com.